Hey there, listeners. Um, just Koji popping in. I've already recorded the episode, but I felt after listening to it that it was extremely necessary to apologize for the audio quality. I have a different mic this week. My other one is giving me a lot of problems. Um, I think I talked briefly in the episode about like having technical difficulties, and most of it was uh, because of this fucking mic. Not this one, but you know the other one. So if you can suffer through the shitty quality for this week, you will definitely be rewarded in like two weeks because I will have acquired a much better microphone. So if you can rock with this longish episode with the not amazing quality, um, I would really appreciate it. I love the love. So yeah, just wanted to apologize. I'm sorry. I am totally aware of how shitty the quality is and it'll definitely improve. But anyway, enjoy part two of Reckless Ass. Okay, bye. Well, hey, it's me. Back at it again. I'm Koji and this is YA Nightmares, the podcast where I just review awful, awful, awful YA literature of all genres, and this week, we're revisiting my old terrible work, Reckless Endangerment. So last, not last week, week before last, we did the first four chapters of Reckless Endangerment. So now we're going to do chapters five through eight, and yeah, it's it's Reckless Ass 2, Electric Boogaloo, fucking strap in. Um, before I jump right back into what we did last time, I will kind of explain one thing about the structure of this review and how I'm going to kind of continue it on because I have fucking rad news. Okay. I'm sorry. That was me burping away from the mic. Yo, professional podcaster. But the reason I did it like four chapters in that chunk, and then I'm doing four chapters in this chunk is because at the time of recording last time, I only had access to the first eight chapters and then 14 and 13, I think for some reason, I don't know. But in the two weeks that we've taken a little break, I found the other chapters. That's right. I have all 20 chapters of Reckless Endangerment. So we will eventually like go through all of them. But I don't want to burn you guys out on my shitty writing because we have lots of other writing we can cover. And also it just kind of feels conceited like to do it like that. You know, let's do nine episodes of just reviewing my shit. No. Um, so we're going to do four chapters this time. And then next episode, we'll review somebody else's stuff. I'm thinking of taking like a three episode gap with reckless endangerment. And then I'll revisit. We'll do two chunks at a time to prevent everybody from, you know, being burned out and also never listening to my podcast again, (laughs) because I really, I like doing this and I really don't want to run people away from it. So come along on a fantastic journey. We're about to cringe together once again, and uh, I'm pretty fucking excited about it. I've been really looking forward to this all week, and I say all week, but like all of last week, and I did try to record this before a couple times. That's why this episode is going to be uploaded so fucking late, is because I had so many technical difficulties that I almost like, I almost delayed this for one day, but I was like, no, it's 2021, new year. Same piece of shit, me, but with better intentions. That's the name of the game. So even if this gets uploaded like a kiss before midnight, that would make me feel much better. Or even like a little after midnight. The point is, bitch, I tried. Okay, I'm trying to stick to the schedule. So let's jump right in. Um, 
I highly recommend if you didn't listen to the other one to listen to it so you get more information about it. Um, Because I'm definitely going to try to like make this episode a little bit quicker. I think last time I was so overcome with embarrassment in a lot of areas that it was a little bit more long-winded at times. Don't get me wrong. I'm a long-winded ass bitch. Y'all know what time it is. But like, yeah, I definitely don't want to make too much of a meal of this episode, you know? But quick recap. We have Kendra Jacobson. It is a bad name. I used a name generator. We've all grown. Moving on. She is in a love triangle with Billy, an alternative boy, you know, who's into crazy shit. He burned her with a cigarette, which is an issue, but she really likes him. Oof. And the other part of the triangle is with this guy named Rob, who is blackmailing Kendra because when she was in eighth grade, something traumatic happened to her that caused her to skip ninth grade year and like be homeschooled instead. So he's threatening to release that information to everybody and get her bullied, essentially, if she doesn't pretend to be his girlfriend so that he can make another girl, Aubrey, jealous. Very convoluted, very CW, whatever. I did my best. But where we last left off, Billy and Kendra went on a cute little diner date. I didn't mind it too much. But the car that they used to get there is stolen from, ah, fuck, who was it? Some teacher at their school. But the only evidence that they found to, like, tie anybody to anything was a button that Kendra had on her bag. So she's tripping. And the episode ended with her being, like, pulled into a classroom, an empty classroom by Billy. So that's where we're going to start off. Like I said, I already kind of know what happened in this episode because this is the one I remember the best, but also because like I did attempt to record this episode so many fucking times, dude. Ugh. Like it makes me want to just yeet myself off a fucking cliff. Anyway, that's, that's, let's, let's get our energy back up, huh? I'm actually pretty excited about this. So we're going to just blast through chapter five. It starts with her like getting in his shit about it. Like, Hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? You stole the car. And he's like, this is kind of what you signed up for with me. And she's like, not auto. And he, you know, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll return the car. I wasn't going to keep it. There's an awkward moment where they like rub tummies, which it clues you into how horny I was at the time because I, really injected unnecessary like unnecessary sexuality and like a lot of the interactions between my characters because I was sexually frustrated but it's cool we've all grown all right so they rub tummies and then they separate and she's like he's saying he can't wait to hang out with her after school and she's like fuck that she gets a weird note shortly after this encounter that tells her, hey, I know about all your drama. Come meet me under the bleachers during gym. And she's like, another blackmailer? Um, which like straight up doesn't make sense. Cause like who the fuck else would be like, you wouldn't notice if somebody was like skulking around, right? I don't know. But she finds out that it's the best character in the story. I'm biased of course, but it's Adam. Who is Adam? He is, a kind of like the nerdy character. I wanted to make sure there was a nerd, but <clears throat> excuse me. He is cute. He's blonde. He's got glasses and they met in preschool and he moved away when they were in fifth grade and he was her first love and da da da. But he's back in town 
and he found out that she's ghost there and he's like been working really hard to like you know <laughs> watch her figure her shit i don't know he explains it weird he's like like she was like mad like you made me think i was getting blackmailed again which is pretty lame and he's like well i've kind of been like quietly stalking you and we already have a lot of classes together you didn't recognize me apparently before he used to have curly hair and he straightened it so that's as good as changing faces folks that's all you need for your identity to change straighten your hair dude but yeah so they have a cute interaction reunited and it feels so good whatever whatever um right after that there's an awkward encounter with rob because he's being all possessive and he's like who's this girlfriend this is my girlfriend and adam isn't phased in fact he kind of pulls like a major power move and he gives kendra his number in front of rob which is kind of funny but um rob is very much like what the fuck like you're not calling him and she's like he's a friend and he's you know they have a back and forth it's like not that important after that there's like a moment where aubrey the one that rob likes bullies her because apparently she likes billy i know hard to keep up i need to just have like a bulletin board in my office with like red yarn between all these fucking characters because it gets so stupid <sighs> if i remember correctly it gets very stupid and very hard to keep up with the people and their motivations. Everyone's motivations are fucking thin, just thin and stupid and frustrating. <laughs> but yeah, bullying, whatever. And so at the end of the day, Kendra has to kind of like figure out, okay, well, who's worse, Billy and whatever he wants to do, which could potentially be dangerous and shitty, or Rob and hanging out with him on the bus and like pretending to be his girlfriend i would have just chosen like being annoyed by rob if i'm totally honest not that that whole blackmail situation would have even gone anywhere with me but she chooses to hang with billy because like at the end of the day she still fucking likes him i don't know teenagers are dumb whatever so she goes with billy they're picked up by his friends luke and colby we meet luke who is like a huge piece of shit he's got a creepy ponytail and he like sexually harasses Kendra like off rip, like not even a pause. He's like, I want to fuck this girl. He even offers like Billy weed for her, which is pretty lame. But they end up at this warehouse rave and that's basically how chapter five ends. See, I tried to like really blast through. So hopefully this episode won't be a million years long. Okay. So in part six, we start with the warehouse rave. Now, I'm going to say this and just hope that you guys remember it and keep it, keep it, keep it right in the back of your noodle. Just right, right in the back. You don't see me. I'm tapping the back of my skull. Keep it back there. But I got a lot of inspiration for this story from this show called Skins. And it's a UK show. I really like UK shows, but it's about like teenage debauchery. And I was obsessed with it at the time. And I know I pulled a lot of inspiration from there. So a lot of the partying scenes, I didn't have firsthand knowledge of anything like that. I have never to this day taken hard drugs. I've only been to a few raves, but at the time of writing this, I had never been to a rave. And, you know, I was extremely just a nerdy virgin. I've said this many times, but just a nerdy virgin. Okay. So they end up at the warehouse rave. If I may give myself a quick kudo. 
I think I did a good job describing the scene. With all of my episodes, I try to find like a few positives to note. And I think with my own work, that was my strength. I was not awesome with like character motivation or continuity errors or basic plot structure or even just good character descriptions. But I could paint a scene, okay? If you read my shit, you could see it in your mind's eye. So I think that it still holds true. And I'm kind of impressed by that. So I get a, you know, give me a polite golf clap wherever you are, even if you're driving, give me a polite golf clap. Okay. (sighs) Let me, let me take it down, take the speed down. I was blasting through five and it's got me like, oh my God. Okay. Chapter six starts with a warehouse rave. Um, As I skim through Colby is like, what are you to Billy? Billy interjects and says, she's my playmate. I really fucking wish I had never started that playmate thing, but whatever. Um, She encounters this girl who's fucking rolling and they dance um, to a song that I'm super embarrassed about. I am not going to go into detail about this specific artist. I'm going to tell you the song. I'm going to tell you the artist. And I encourage you to do a quick Google, not of the song, because the song is fucking bad, but of the artist. And you'll understand why I'm so embarrassed. So the song was Blood, or excuse me, Scream for My Ice Cream by Blood on the Dance Floor. And I'm going to leave that right there on the table. I, I encourage you to do a bit of Googling yourself. But yeah, she dances. Billy kisses her. They end up in this like weird room full of old mattresses with like a bunch of other people, Luke and Colby. They found some girls to mack on, whatever. And, you know, this, this whole establishment is like a super rad place to get hepatitis. But, um, let me see. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Okay. She drinks a bunch. Um, he, he being Billy. He takes out a pill, he puts it on his tongue, and he, like, gives her a kiss and, you know, moves it to her mouth, which is, like, fucking not cool. I had kind of forgotten that he he dosed her at first, and, like, rereading that, I was like, uh, okay, sis, what the fuck? But he takes a pill himself, and, you know, like Lieutenant Nan, they roll in. Any Danny Brown fans in the in the crowd? No? Okay, I'm sorry. But they're rolling, they're partying, and she passes out because of course she's like drink she's fucking like 16. She's drinking, she's doing E. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what I thought this was, but whatever. And I'm pretty sure I described her high really poorly, because again, I've never taken hard drugs. So we're just gonna scoot right past that because that's really fucking embarrassing, dude. <laughs> Uh, the only thing I'll reveal about that is like, she felt the world was moving under her and there's colors and bullshit everywhere. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But she wakes up in an apartment and she is in Luke's lap and he is giving her, he's giving her water, which is pretty weird. Off rip, super weird. And he basically says like, Billy told me to take care of you while he's out right now. And she's like, well, can I, you know, I want to get away from you first of all. And I want to just call him. And she realizes she left her bag in Colby's car. And he's like, she's like, well, can I use your phone? And he says, um, we don't have a house phone. I'm going to scroll down here. 
but I have a cell phone you can use. And so she's like, can I? And he's like, no. And then, okay. I remember, okay, okay, okay. I remember this part. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry for saying okay so many times. Um, quick trigger warning. If I'm not going to go into detail about it at all, but if I remember correctly, there's like some sexual assault kind of stuff that happens. Um, it's brief, but it's pretty whack. So I would encourage you to go ahead and like skip forward maybe a couple minutes if that's something that's going to bother you. I'm going to try not to linger on it because it's fucking lame, but yeah. So <clears throat> he basically is like, you know, nothing in life is free. <laughs> and she runs into a nearby bedroom. He gets there first, throws her on the bed. He starts taking off his clothes. Um, he kind of, you know, torches her and tor like emotionally torches her, you know, like taunting her and stuff gets her to reveal that she's no longer a virgin. Um, you know, forces kisses on her, things like that. Things get really, really close to, he gets very close to fully like sexually assaulting her. Um, and thankfully it doesn't come to pass and it's Billy and Billy rescues her essentially. And they get her home. Um, a Colby and a female friend get her home. And let me see. I don't know who the female friend is. Did I give her a name? I think it's Colby's girlfriend, maybe something like that. If you don't remember, from a couple minutes ago, Colby is, uh, oh, here we go. Her name is Clara and she is remarkably understanding about the whole thing. You know, she sees Kendra in tears and is like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Um, Billy and Luke ended up fighting, I believe. Like he starts like really fucking him up. And in that scuffle, that's when Colby and Clara go ahead and take Kendra out of there. But she gives Kendra her number and it's like, if you need anything, like anything at all, just call me, which is kind of sweet. I forgot about Clara. That was nice, right? Anyway. When she gets home, she sees there's somebody lying across her bed and she's like, fuck that. She picks up the nearest um, statue. She has a bronze statue because, you know, all teenagers really like bronze. And she's like, I'm going to fuck this guy up. I'm going to brain him with the statue and I'm going to run is literally what I wrote. Um, and that's chapter six. Yo, we are making, listen, listen, I know I'm like, rushing through this like a hamster on fucking speed dude but like look at the timing polite golf clap again no okay i'm asking for a lot i know okay so that's five and six okay thing things might slow down a little bit with this one um simply because like i'm looking at it with fresh eyeballs so i'm gonna probably have to take pauses to skim um okay I think it might be, okay, I'll read this part to you. So last time I told you that ahead of some of the chapters, I would put a little message to the readers like, hey, you know, XYZ, vote and fan and share, whatever. And I normally don't read those unless they're like interesting or like cringy or cute, whatever. So this one I think is worth noting because it'll definitely explain how I'm probably going to end up going through chapter seven. So it says, hi guys. Okay, this part will be a relief from that cliffhanger I left you with on part six. This part is mostly filler. Love the honesty. 
until the next part, which is going to be fucking crazy. I wrote that. So it may be slow at times. Enjoy, fan, vote, and share. Okay, so see, if this is going to be like fillery, we're, we're going to do some... You thought the last two were fast. You might not have. But if you thought the last two were fast... Bitch. Okay. So... Okay, we're going to pause for two seconds. Who do you think is on the bed? Vote now. Text bed to 999-999-9999. And the results are in. It's Adam, right? I feel like context clues would point you in that direction, you know? But anyway, it's Adam. Um, which is not okay. She whacks the fuck out of his uh, shoulder. Like, she tries to hit him just on his back, but he, like, moves and it hits his shoulder. And he's like, yo, what the fuck? And she's like, yo, what the fuck? Like, why are you in my house? And he says, um, if you remember, her bedroom is, like, in the basement of the house. So he says that, um, I thought it would be cute if I snuck into your room like I like when we were little. Which, she he snuck in through, like, the basement window. Which, hey, sis, like, lock your fucking window. You're a teenager living in a basement room. like." Jean Bonnet, anybody? Anyway. Um, so he sees that she looks fucking horrible and she just starts crying. And I think this is probably why I like Adam so much is like, he doesn't ask a ton of questions. He just comforts her and they fall asleep um, with her in Adam's arms, like crying and everything, which is, you know, and when she wakes up, he is in, let me see. Yeah, he's really cool about this whole thing. Um, he attempts to, before they fall asleep, he attempts to leave, like, and give her privacy. And she's like, I, I really want somebody here with me, which I think is very, you know, he's a good friend. Um, when she wakes up, he's not with her. He's taking a shower. And she's like, I need to take a shower because I smell like an ass's ass. And the, <laughs> he comes out and he's like in a towel. And of course, I have to lovingly describe that he's got like a smooth, well-defined chest and a long, lean stomach, and he looked really good, whatever. Um, and they have a timid moment, but she goes in the bathroom and scrolling, scrolling. Ah, she goes in the bathroom and she sees like the damage. She's got gross Luke hickeys all over her neck and chest and her, she's got bruises and her eyes are fucking bloodshot and puffy and it's just a bad time. So she showers um throws on a turtleneck and what ends up happening let me see i'm gonna actually scroll through because this is the filler one and we don't need all this do we need all this we don't okay scrolling scrolling okay so it looks like so they decide to skip school because duh and they spend the day like hanging out and watching bad tv and like they order chinese and they just kind of spend time together and <laughs> they um, let me see. Oh, I scrolled too far. Hold on. Let me scroll back. <laughs> I was like, wait, what the fuck? I know my, my writing isn't that shitty. I did a time warp, but no. So, oh, oops. I feel bad for laughing. Actually, what happens next is much more serious, but basically he's like gently asked her, like, if you could just explain to me what happened, that would be wonderful. Like, I'd really love to know, but like, you know, boundaries. Um, and so, but she does end up telling him and he's like, and she blames herself, you know, and he says the only person that's really at fault is like Billy 
and Luke, clearly, because Billy puts you in a shitty situation and Luke is a fucking, you know, a rapist. So they kind of have like a gooey moment for a minute and he's like, I, I really missed you. And this, you know, I'm glad I could be here to help you, da da da. And they have like, they hear something and it's the fucking somebody rapping against the basement window. And we have another chance to vote, ladies and gentlemen. Who do you think is at the window? Text window to 696420. And we're in. Okay. So it's. Actually, I don't think this one is easy to like guess, but it's Rob. It's Rob this time. It's not Billy. I feel like most of you, if you decided to vote in, I think most of you would think it's Billy because that like makes more sense than this, but it's Rob. And he is glaring at them. Uh, apparently it's like at this point after school and he's like, can I come in? And she's like, fucking no, I have company right now. And he says he's going to spill the beans about everything asshole um and he's like if she's like if you're here to yell at me like go ahead and he's like i i just want to ask you some shit can i go to your room and she's like my room is in the basement she just says it without thinking and he's like oh cool um and she's like oh shit adam's still in there this is going to be some drama but he was able to take the hint right fast and he makes himself scarce and they have this let me see this awkward conversation where he says that Aubrey told him that Kendra has been hanging around Billy and Kendra on some thousand million IQ shit says, maybe she's jealous and is lying to you to get your goat. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. Fucking absolute dummy. Um, but let me scroll down again. But yeah, she is able to convince him and she kind of, Rushes him out the door. Um, let me see. Yeah, so. Sorry, intermission music while I scroll again. Um, yeah, their conversation is fruitless, whatever. He says he's sorry, but then he beats feet the fuck out of there. But let me see. He's like, are you going to school tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, whatever. Um, but he's like, you have me if you're ever nervous. Oh, wait, I'm, I think I'm like fucking with, oops, I accidentally, that's what happens when you scroll. Oops. Um, Rob left a long time ago. The person that was saying, I'll be by your side if you need anything is Adam. Cause of course it's Adam. Rob doesn't give a fuck about her. So Rob left. Adam's like, I'll, you know, if you go to school tomorrow, I'll support you. We have some classes together. So just stick with me, kid. You'll be a-okay. Um, but the, okay, this is, okay, this is corny. So the, the cliffhanger for this chapter is like, they order Chinese food, right? So what do you do when you, you know, are finishing up a meal of Chinese food? You look at the fortune cookie, like I do it. I mean, the fortune cookies kind of taste like lint, but the fortune is cool. And there's a lot of numbers, okay? So the fortune says, a new friend will come to betray you. And then she like spooks herself out and that's where it ends. Like on a weird, stupid, like, what could it mean? But yeah, that's the filler chapter. And it absolutely was a filler chapter. So sorry I had to take time to scroll, but that's that one that. So let's go ahead and get into our final chapter of Reckless Ass for 
this episode anyway. We'll revisit later. And it's chapter eight. All right, all right, all right. So chapter eight, um, that probably sent, like felt disjointed. I had to restart the recording. But it's part eight. Um, and we about to we about to get it in. So this is actually the chapter that like forced me to go on this journey to find the red. I'm getting so hoarse. Fuck. It's because I try to record this 19 times. Hold on. Quick liquid break. All right, cool. More um, non-consensual ASMR. My bad. But chapter eight is the reason why I went on this like hunt for the rest of the chapters because when I was like double checking because what I don't I, what I try not to do with these reckless endangerment chapters is like actually just read them before I review them I want to have like fresh reactions to it right but I do scroll and make sure the files aren't corrupted make sure like there's actually an ending and everything for all of them because you never know and I'm glad I did that because um chapter eight was corrupted and it's like it, it, it didn't even end halfway. It ended like a third of the way. And I didn't know how I was going to pivot with that little to work with. And especially because my original plan was to finish up one through eight and then go into 13 and 14. Like that shit would have made no type of sense. But we found it. We're here. We're successful. So we got the whole thing. And uh, this one is like, I'm kind of impressed. Like this was a long chapter for me. I don't want to tell you how many pages because I don't want you to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm definitely going to try to speed run it. But when they get there the next day, like she wakes up the next day and she's like, I need to, you know, go to school. And I mean, I get that. This is like, what, day four of the new school year. But also, like, she went through a pretty traumatic experience. She probably could have taken the rest of the week off and it would have been like, it's the first week of school. They're, they don't do anything but like, I don't know go through the syllabus or something? I don't know. Lab partner? I don't know. She wouldn't have missed anything. So I don't, I don't know why she felt like she had to rush it. But um, when she gets to school, she makes like a big deal out of really like diving into the fake girlfriend role to, you know, get Rob to like hop off her fucking nuts about it. So she, you know, she, you would have thought that they were actually in a relationship the way she kind of hangs on him. But if I recall correctly, Yes. So this is the chapter where she meets Rob's friends and their names are, drumroll please, Pete and Brody, which are bad names. Well, no offense to the Pete's and Brody's out there, but just the combo feels odd, you know? Um, <clears throat> let me see. Yeah. So they are kind of dicky to her, um, clearly, because they're Rob's friends, right? But when they meet each other, they're arguing about this movie called Delta Farce, which I think is kind of hilarious because I remember at the time being like, well, I want to establish that they're assholes without like really saying straight up like they are assholes. And I was like, what is an awful movie that you have to be an asshole to really like? And it was Delta Farce, which is a movie that has Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> and if that is your favorite movie, sorry. I'm judging you quietly from afar, but I just think it's funny that even at that time, like I can agree with my past self that this would make you a dick. If this was your favorite movie, you're a dick. <laughs> Sorry, that's terrible. I hope that's not your favorite movie. But um, 
Yeah, they, they shake her hand, which is weird. For teenagers, I mean. Like, what teenagers do you know, like, meet another teen, and they're like, yeah, like, let's shake hands, not dap each other up, but, like, shake hands. I don't know. Maybe I haven't been around teenagers enough. Maybe that was, like, common at the time when I was a teen, but that shit is weird to me now. But they're dicks to her, and of course they are. She, okay, wait, what? I couldn't help but feel. That's, okay, that's a continuity error, I think. Yeah, so the next, this is the next day, post-Billy bullshit, and I wrote, I couldn't help feel a bit of worry for Billy. He hadn't been in school for three weeks. I was beginning to think something awful had happened to him the night that he fought Luke, but like, it's not, it hasn't, what are you talking about? A few, what? Okay. Yeah. And nobody checked me on that. Shame on y'all Wattpad fans that are prop, like obviously not listening to this, but like nobody checked me on that. It's, it's only been four days in the story and yet he hasn't, ugh, I'm okay. Mm. We love to see it, folks. Damn, I'm I'm more annoyed with that than a lot of the other shit. The fact that I didn't even like do a time check, my God. But yeah, um, her and Adam are in her, after school, her and Adam go home and they study for their first like math test, which go off, sis, you better, you better be studious. But they study for math and they're just, just chilling. And she gets an IM from Rob and we're gonna we're gonna go through like we're gonna scroll right past most of the shit because like why? Oh, okay. So Rob wants her to go to a party with him, and she's gonna turn him down, but Adam like slapped her fingers away, and you're gonna hear a weird noise because I'm gonna adjust in my chair, and it's leather. I promise I'm not tooting. But he swats her hand away and is like, no, no, no. This this is an opportunity, and she's like, blank stare, which is reasonable. But basically, um, his thinking is that if you go to this party, you can, you know, he's probably going to be drinking. You can get him in a vulnerable place and get some dirt on him so you can uno reverse this blackmail bullshit and be free of your shackles, which um, I don't know if that's a good plan. Is that a good plan? I guess for, for what we have to work with, it's an OK plan. I'll just I'll just give it that. I'm not going to pat myself on the back for this plan. Um, but she says, yeah. And he says like, okay, cool. The party's at nine. I'm going to come get you at eight. And which is odd. And she's like, can't you get me at nine? Like it's a party. We don't need to be there. Like right on the dot, which as a quick aside, like that's some lame ass shit. I learned that the hard way going to a party, like right when they say it starts, like all you're going to end up doing is like, standing around awkwardly and helping them set up tables and shit. And that's so, so lame. Like, I don't know. Anyway, just thinking of my old memories, just being sad. Okay. So he's like, we have to prepare before the party. And she's like, what? And he's like, don't worry about it. And him, like Adam is like, what do you mean? What do you mean prepare? And she's like, I don't, I don't know. But he says that, yeah, so Adam says that he has a little camera that she can borrow, which, you know, that if he gets in a weird way, she can record it and have some evidence and, like, fucking embarrass him, whatever. And, like, 
my thing is at the time I wrote this, like I wrote this according to the timestamp, this shit was like in 2010 and like not to shit on 2010 technology, but them, whatever picture she took, what a looking like, or <laughs> whatever picture she took, sorry, <laughs> having a stroke, they would have looked like she took them shits with a loaf of bread because the quality on cameras back then, not it. Okay. So I don't know. It would have looked like one of those Bigfoot pictures, but whatever. That was the plan. So he goes to go get the picture machine because that's what a camera is, the picture machine. He goes to his house to get the camera. Um, I don't think I I said this, but I think he like moved. He, he used to live near her. And I think that his family just moved back into that old house which I've seen that in books. Like people say like, oh yeah, he, he moved back in his family. I don't know. Is that common? Like I've never once known somebody to like move away from a house that they lived in for a while and then just come back like many years later, but I'm broke. So I don't know. Maybe that's like a people with money thing. But anyway, he says, you know, don't be so scared. This is going to work out fine. Then you'll be free and we won't have to hide out in your room all the time. Ooh, bars. But yeah, um, he's reassuring her and she gives him like a kiss on the cheek because yeah, she just like, he's been so nice to her and she's like, I'm going to give him like a cheek smooch. And she does. And then she's like, Ooh, I'm sorry. Cause he, he like gets red and then he gives her a kiss a, a very, a, a little, a little peck, like a little baby peck on the mouth, which considering all that's happened to her, I probably wouldn't have done that boundary wise. I don't think that's the move, but, um, yeah. And so they separate and she's beating herself up because she's like, I started something weird by giving him a kiss on the cheek because friends don't kiss each other on the cheek. And I fucked this. Like he's, I'm ruining my friendship. And I mean, I don't know. Is that weird? I give my friends kisses on the cheek. Well, I guess I give my female friends kisses on the cheek. I don't know if I've given a male friend. Maybe like a quick, like, I haven't seen you in a minute. What, what, like a French? No, not a French. Not a French. Not a French. <laughs> like a European cheek kiss. Not like, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, that's, that's enough of that. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Um, the next day they go to school. Wait, what? Oh, I guess the party is tomorrow. I, I was under the impression that that night they were supposed to, okay, whatever. I, I know I didn't make that shit clear in my own writing. Um, let me see. Yeah, so he basically like puts a lot of pressure on her and says like, you know, I'm going to really, you know, like you need to be on your fucking best girlfriend shit because if... Aubrey rejects me again. I'm just going to like spill the beans. I don't give a fuck. Whatever the reason is, if you try to sabotage me, it's on and pop and fuck you. So obviously like, I don't know if you guys have ever had a shitty issue or like a shitty um, interaction with someone in the morning, but it just like puts a pit in her stomach all day. Um, let me see. Um, once you reach a Oh, that's okay. That's weird. Maybe if I ever, okay. So she, okay. I don't know what, okay. <laughs> I'll explain what the confusion I'm having. So she goes to the cafeteria, Bro Pete and Brody are there. Um, and they're like, where's Rob? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, come to the cafeteria. Your stupid friends want his home, like want your homework. 
I guess that's that's what she said. Yeah, they want to copy his homework, which I mean valid. And let me see. Okay, so he's like, hey, I want to meet you. Like, meet me in the cafeteria. And she's like, okay, bye, bye, Pete, bye, Brody. And they go to the cafeteria. Um, and what? Oh, he apologizes for being an asshole to her? And she's like, oh, yeah, I think she slacked him at one point for being a dickhead. And he's like, I'm sorry, now you say it back. And she's like, no, I wanted to hit you. I don't forgive you. You're a dick. And then he, like, gets all in her shit and she pushes him away. And she's like, first of all, this is the fucking blackmail situation. Why the fuck are you getting all heated about this? Like, take some of that bass out of your voice and back up. That's not exactly what she says, but you know. And he, she's like, why do you care? And he's like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And then he just leaves like a weirdo because he doesn't understand his feelings. I guess he's starting to like her. This is day five of the new school year, by the way. This hasn't been weeks and weeks of people getting to know each other. And my timelines were fucked up. But let me see. So she skipped some... She skipped a class and like hung out in the library. I think. Oh, she skipped a bunch of classes and hung out in the library. First of all, you can't do that shit, right? Like, wouldn't a teacher notice that? I don't know. They don't get paid enough to notice that shit, I'm sure. But she has an interaction with Adam. She ends up going to PE and she's like, I'll go there because Adam's there, so it'll be fine. And she kind of explains everything that's been going on. And he's like, I think Rob likes you. And she's like, no, no. He's like, no, really? Like, why is he getting all dramatic? And she gets frustrated. Like, everything is stupid and I'm angry. <laughs> and they flirt? Why? She just had a traumatic experience. What the fuck? Read the room. Anyway, he, like, throws her over his shoulder. And she's like, ee hee 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 they're just like, these, where's the gym teacher? Hold on. Where's, where are any teachers? I mentioned the art teacher a couple chapters back. Where the fuck? Like, are they just allowed to like hang out in the gymnasium? Okay. Anyway. Um, but they, they're cute and they, whatever, they have a good time and she like cheers up a little bit. And then she goes to the locker room and here's Aubrey bullying her again. I wish this bitch would get a hobby, like for real. Um, and she's basically saying, like, you're stringing along three different guys in school. What the f- Oh, my God. My timing is horrible. I Okay, so she said, don't play dumb. You've been stringing along three different guys, and school only started a month ago. Let's do the time warp again. Where did this- Where- Where- Okay. This is- Okay. I know that this is only the fifth day of school. And somehow- we, Okay, so let's just- Fuck that. It's not the fifth day of school anymore, even though that's why I already- What I already established- Going forward, it's been a month. Fuck it. I'm just going to roll with it. I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm so angry at myself for this. Okay. They're beefing. They're beefing. Um, she's like, you're flirting with everybody. What the fuck is your problem? She's like, Adam is just a friend. Um, she says she, oh, okay. So they've, so Aubrey reveals that like when she's going home and her sister picks her up and takes her home, like they go down her street and she happened to, coincidence city she happened to see adam going into her house and she took a picture with a high resolution picture on her phone i'm calling bullshit ain't nothing 
in 2010 was high resolution, sis. Um, and she says, I don't even really need this picture. Rob's been in love with me for like ever. I could tell him the sky was purple and he'd probably believe me. Okay, girls, have fun. <laughs> um, and she's like, are you going to the party tomorrow? And she's like, yeah. And then Aubrey's like, I'm not going to go if you're going to be there. Um, and then Kendra's like, oh, no, this is a problem. And she's like, yeah, I was planning on going there. But when I found out you were going, I was like, fuck that. And then Kendra awkwardly is like, no, you should go. And Aubrey's like, why? Kendra's like, it would mean a lot to Rob? Question mark? Right? Please go. Please go. And then Aubrey's like, well, whatever reason you have for wanting to go to this party, it's not more important than saving your relationship with Rob, right? And she's like, no. And then she's like, well, good. I'm glad you've come to, I'm literally just reading this part. Um, well, good. I'm glad you've come to see things my way. Just remember, if I see your face at that party, Rob will see the picture. You have a great day. And then she turned around and sauntered out. And that's, okay, that's the end of chapter eight. I'm going to close this because I'm angry. Okay. <laughs> Let me close out this episode by saying... <laughs> I'm sorry that I have such a fucked up timeline. I gave myself a compliment for setting this, uh, doing settings well, and I will stand by that. But timing wise, dumb as shit. I didn't, I'll, okay. I don't think I explained this before, but when I wrote these, I didn't plan shit. And it's very clear going through it. I didn't write nothing down. I didn't plan anything. Like I didn't make a chart. I didn't have a graph. I didn't have a, anything, a mind map, bulletin board. So everything is just like, I, w I, I remember like working on this in the wee hours of the morning, like the timing that I wrote this is all over the place. So I think I'm still mad at myself, but I will give myself a tiny crumb of slack because maybe it was like three in the morning when I did this, whatever. Cause I'm, I'm looking right now at all the times that these were like uploaded and some of them are like two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. Jesus, I was dedicated. Um, so yeah, timing was off, but <laughs> there's so many, like everything is blackmail. And I, that was the only conflict I had. It was like blackmail, blackmail, blackmail. And also like, who fucking cares if Aubrey shows Rob the picture? Like he's kind of aware that Adam has gone to, well, okay. He's aware that Adam has been to Kendra's at least once. So I guess the motivation was like, if he knows that you've been continuously seeing Adam behind his back, then that's going to be a fucking problem. So I guess that's why she's nervous about Aubrey having that picture. But it still doesn't matter because the timing is fucked up. Because it's not... Okay. Okay. So, realistically, we are only on day five. We have time jumped three weeks. So I guess in that time... Adam has been over her house multiple times and that's where we're going to drop the timing. And I'm probably going to complain about it later, but you won't have to deal with that for another couple weeks. Ugh, I'm so fucking angry. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. We are how many minutes? Like 15 minutes away from me not uploading this on Monday. Like I said, I would. So we're going to close out this episode on a high note. And I'm going to thank you for rocking with me for four more chapters of reckless endangerment. Um, like I said before, in two weeks, I'll be looking at a whole other beautiful piece of fiction. And let me tell you, it's going to be fucking terrible. Um, I may, don't hold me to this. I'm already struggling just getting stuff like 
regular podcast scheduled one. But um, I may or may not pop on and upload like a five minute episode explaining what the book is in case anybody wants to read it with me, but I wouldn't recommend it. And yeah, that's going to be not next Monday, but the Monday after. So the first of February, baby, get excited. Mark your calendar. All right. So thanks again for listening to me like just descend into madness with my own work. You're very kind for the listen if you've gotten to this point. Um, yeah, I have social media. I don't use it much. I definitely need to, but I'm YA Nightmares on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, if you're interested in seeing my face, I do have a Twitch page. Again, not a ton of people watch me. It is what it is, no pressure. But if you're down to clown, um, it's twitch.tv slash honeyhive. Honeyhive spelled H-O-N-E-Y, and then Hive spelled H-1-V-E. So it's just regular lowercase honey hive, but the the I is a one because I want it to be jazzy. But yeah, I stream there a couple times a week if you ever want to just see my face. I actually don't cuss on that stream. I don't know why I chose to do that, but whatever. <laughs> if you ever want to watch me play games, I do that. But yeah, I will catch you guys in two sweet weeks unless I upload a mini episode to detail the next, you know, the next book. But thanks so much. Be safe. Bye.